0: Well, good morning and welcome to Church Online. Whether you're joining us at a morning gathering or evening gathering or Monday night, it's so great that you're with us just now. Uh, We're gonna turn to the Bible in a moment, but let let me also, with Linda, extend a very warm welcome to everyone, whether you're part of our church on a regular basis, physically or online, or whether you're joining us for the first time, so good to have you here, you're our guests. We love as a church digging into the Bible. We believe it's God's word, and actually, God speaks through this book. There's no other, it's the world's bestseller, the Bible. And it's, it's a book that's it's alive. It speaks to you every time. And so, Father, we ask you to speak to us just now as we turn to the Bible in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before I we get to the Bible, I, I don't know what kind of morning you've had. I, I, I arrived in our building. This is a very, it's a skeleton team here just doing this broadcast for church. And arrived in the building. We've got little pump hand sanitizers as you come in. And I went like that to pump it. And it came out so fast, it went all over that region there, so a big damp patch. So thankfully, the camera is from here up, so we're all okay, and I think it's dried up already, but that's kind of how I started my day. I don't know why I'm telling you that, but anyway. Okay, there was a a guy who needed a horse. I'm still not getting to the Bible. I'll get to the Bible in a minute. The guy who needed a horse, so he went to his missionary friends to ask him if he could borrow his horse, and uh, the missionary friend said, yeah, sure, no problem. It's a little bit different, however, because I'm a Christian, I've given it some slightly unique unique instructions. So to make it, usually you'd say giddy up to make it go and whoa, uh, to make it slow down. But instead what you need to do is, because I'm a Christian, I've asked, uh, what I do is I say praise the Lord and the horse starts going. (laughs) And the guy's looking at him kind of funny. And he said, and yeah, and the way you stop it is you say amen and then the horse will stop. So the guy said, okay, got it. And he took the horse away and uh, he got on the horse and he was saying, what did the guy say again? I said, oh yeah, Praise the Lord. And then the horse starts walking. (laughs) Look at that. It's great. So he's trotting along on his horse. And then he says, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And the horse gets up to a kind of semi-fast trot. And then he says, Oh, this is great. And he says, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And the horse just takes off. It just starts galloping. And he thinks this is incredible. And he's going along. He's going along. And as he's going along, he suddenly sees a cliff edge. And he says, Oh, whoa, whoa, stop, stop. And he can't remember what the missionary said. He's panicking. I said, oh yeah, he remembers. Amen. And the horse screeches to a halt 30 seconds, 30 centimeters from the edge of the cliff. And the guy slumps back in the saddle and says, oh, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord is the theme of the very last psalm in the Bible. And this psalm is amazing. In fact, all the psalms are amazing. You see, people think that the Psalms are some, are they some sort of songs detached from reality? Not at all. The Psalms are grounded in the gritty realities of life. If you read the stories around the Psalms, the people who were singing these Psalms were often in the times of the hardest times in their life, going through trials, going through hardships, hiding, for, running for their lives, facing attacks and enemies, and yet they're crying out to God. You see, we don't believe that worship and praise is an escape from reality. Rather, it's an escape to reality. And the reality is God himself. And when we escape to God, and rather running from and run to God in the hardest times in life, that's when all of a sudden life takes on deepest meaning. The psalm that we're reading is the last psalm. It's the culmination of all the psalms. It's Psalm 150. There are only 150 psalms in the Bible, and this is a number 150. And it's deliberately placed at the ends because it sums up all those Psalms with the highs and lows of emotion. It ends them with the culmination of it all. It's all about praising the Lord. In fact, it speaks about the very purpose of your life is to praise God. Psalm 150, I know you've just heard it, but let me read it to you again. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with a sounding trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with timbre and dancing. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And can I hear you also say praise the Lord? One, two, three. Praise the Lord. He is so, in fact, in Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word Hallelujah. It's one of the words that actually translates into every language. Hallelujah. Say with me, Hallelujah. It's good to praise God. Let's go through the verses. Verse one, it says, Praise God in His sanctuary and praise Him in His mighty heavens. In other words, this is talking about uh, people on earth and people in heaven. It's talking about His sanctuary, which is the dwelling place of God on earth, which today is His people. He, He dwells among His people. And it's praise him in the, in the mighty heavens, which is the realm of God. And you know, when we're, when we're praising God, all we're doing is aligning ourselves with the worship that's already going up in, in the heavenly realms, in the very presence of God. And then in verse 2, it says, praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. So this is, this is to do with what he does and who he is. His acts of power, what he does, who he is, his surpassing greatness. Don't let your circumstance decide whether you praise or not. You see, let him, let who he is, and what he has done fuel your praise. Your circumstances will change. He doesn't change, and therefore you can praise in the middle of the hardest times. If you're finding it hard to praise, it's not because of your circumstances. It's because you've forgotten who he is in the midst of your circumstances. Let who he is and how great he is and what he has done for you fuel your praise and it will get you through the hardest of times. And then it says in verses three to five, praise him with the sounding trumpet, with the sounding trumpet, praise him with the harp and lyre, praise him with the timbal and dancing, praise him with the strings and pipe, praise him with the clash of cymbals, praise him with resounding cymbals. Now you know as you're going through that list there of instruments, um, the instruments are both dramatic and also mellow and contemplative. You see that this is both dramatic praise and also more reflective praise. You know, you've got trumpet, cymbals, dancing, which speaks of exuberant, victorious, loud, joyful praise. And at the same time, you've got harp and lyre, which speak of more contemplative and reflective worship. Some people say, well, I prefer this type of worship. I prefer that type of worship. You know, what is right? Is it right to be exuberant and joyful, or is it right to be somber and reflective? And the answer is both and possibly Neither. Uh, let, let me give you an illustration. If, if it's, imagine if it's Father's Day, it's Father's Day, and my kids, Becky and Michael, uh, they come to me and say, Dad, we've written a song for you. And uh, the song we've written is about how great you are, Dad, and we're going to sing it to you because it's Father's Day. By the way, they do this every year. And uh, so they, imagine they, they come before me, and they kind of stand there, and they sing a cappella, Yay! And they sing it to me about how great I am and all that. Imagine after that, I said to them, kids, didn't really like that, it wasn't my style, wasn't my style. I prefer full bands, like a bit more smoke machines, some lights, and the person leading it needs to wear skinny jeans. Not my style, you know, but a bit, a bit somber, a bit reflective. Uh, or, or imagine they come before me, and they say, and, and they've got like pots and pans, and they come in clashing the pots and pans, and say, hey dad, you're awesome, you're great, and they sing this kind of cool, upbeat, radical thing about how cool I am. I, I wouldn't after that say, hmm, I prefer something a little bit more reflective, please, a little bit more serious, kids, when you're describing how great I am. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. Why wouldn't I do that? Because I know it's not about the style of their singing, but it's about what is in their hearts. That's the most important thing. So get over it. If you're thinking, oh, I like this style of worship or that style of worship, horses for courses doesn't matter all that matters is what's in your heart, is your heart about God. Stop thinking, did I get anything out of worship today? Listen, it wasn't about you. It was about God's. Uh, let, let's get over ourselves. Let, get, get past your preferences and just let there be a song in your heart towards the gods who made you. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There was a couple of missionaries, John and Elaine Beekman, and they were missionaries to South, uh, southern Mexico. And they they, they, they traveled, I mean, it was an incredible journey they made to get to this tribe they were in particular trying to reach. They traveled by dugout canoe and by donkey, and they, they eventually managed to settle with this tribe called the Call Indians. And they were with the Call Indians, and when they were with them, they actually spent 25 years working among the Khol Indians, serving them, blessing them, and telling them about the Lord. And at the same time as that, they translated the New Testament into their native language. What's unique about the call Indians is actually they didn't used to sing. They 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 didn't know how to sing. Singing wasn't part of their culture. Uh, and that was until they became believers in Jesus and they became known as the singing tribe because literally they they absolutely went from not singing at all to absolutely love singing. One of the missionaries commented this. They love to sing now because they have someone to sing about. And we have someone to sing about. And what what beyond our style, beyond the surface stuff. What's so important for us is that our heart expresses itself in worship to God. Leslie Pascal, the famous French mathematician and philosopher, he said this, It is not those who write the laws who have the greatest impact on society. It is those who write the songs. Songs are incredibly powerful. And songs are more powerful than just just pure words. Why? Because it engages our emotion in a deeper way. Singing is so powerful because songs come alongside the truths we believe, and we're fully engaged with our whole being. We engage emotionally with the truths we believe. And what's interesting is this. When you go into the Bible, you discover it's not when someone has a song in their heart that they experience a breakthrough. It's when the song comes from their heart to their mouth, and they engage with the truth they believe that's when the breakthroughs come. When Saul, Paul, and Silas were in the prison in that Philippian jail in Acts, it it wasn't when they had a song in their hearts that the breakthrough came. They saw the breakthrough come when the song came out of their mouths. It's Jehoshaphat, great king in the Old Testament, when he and his army sang, not when they thought nice thoughts about God or contemplated God, it was when they sang, when they expressed that praise, that's when the victory and the breakthrough comes. So it's great to have a song in your heart, but it's got to come out of your mouth. Express your worship. Stop holding back. Stop being so tame and so Scottish. It's time to allow that praise to come out of our hearts and our mouths. Then it goes on in verse six and it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You see, the very reason for your existence, the very reason for your existence, this is the purpose of your life. You have breath, So you can praise God. Your raison d'être, the reason for your existence, is the praise and worship of God. That's why, all over this world, eighty-five to ninety percent of this world's population is religious in some form or another. They believe in the existence of a deity, a God. And why is that? Why does it seem it's it's not? Why? And, And that's a growing number. Atheism is not the thing that's growing. It's actually shrinking globally. Faith, religion is growing. Why? Because it's natural for human beings to worship. It's inbuilt, it's how we were created. You are wired to be a worshiper. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If you're not praising, you're undermining the very existence. Your very existence is being undermined by you not praising. It's it's like you have a car, and your car's turned on, and you're revving the engine. So it's like you breathing. You're revving that engine. You, you def- it's definitely a live engine. But if you're not in gear, then yes, you're revving your engine, but you're not achieving your purpose. You've got to get into first gear, and then you start achieving your purpose. It's also like that. in life. We're, it's like uh, we're revving, we're breathing, but if we're not praising, we're just in neutral, and we're not achieving our purpose. We've got to get off the fence and into gear and moving forward. The way you move forward in life is by engaging with God and praising God. Maybe you've never engaged with God today. So pleased you're connecting with us here in Church Online, and today it would be a joy and a privilege to introduce you to God, and I'll give you the opportunity to pray a prayer at the end of this message where you can trust God for yourself, and you can start engaging with God. Some people, it's not just they're not in gear, they're in reverse. They're Their engine's alive, but they're in reverse. Not only are they not praising God, they're overtly cursing God. Isn't it ironic that when something goes wrong in people's life, the first thing out of their mouth is Jesus or, oh my G-O-D. And it's it's the first thing out. And it's almost like, it's almost a manifestation of our fallen human nature. That that, would be the first thing out of our hearts. But actually, that's a reflection of our fallen nature, the reflection of the true you. when you reconnect with your creator and you give him praise that he deserves say praise the lord praising praising isn't just the reason for your existence it's actually how you do well while you exist It's 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 not just keeping you alive it's actually what makes you fully alive you see the way you don't just survive but actually thrive through the hardest of times is that you actually engage with God and you praise. It's the difference between surviving and thriving. It's the difference between just getting by and really living. You're fully alive, not when everything's going easy. You're fully alive when you're engaged with God. You're designed to worship. And in the Bible, we see all the way through stories and examples of people who didn't just survive, but actually thrived when they were hiding in caves and when they were in prisons, and they were going through deserts, and they were facing persecution. The Bible's full of stories, it's gritty stories of people who in the middle of their challenging times managed to sing and worship God. Church, the way we're going to not just survive this season, but actually thrive through this season, is you're going to praise your way through. So don't just have a song in your heart, let your song express and worship to God. Breathing actually features throughout Scripture. You see, at the very beginning of the Bible, the Bible says that God created us. And having created us, it says he breathed into us the very breath of life. And we became living beings. As you follow the storyline of the Bible, the most dramatic moment in all history is recorded. When 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ was born. He that made man was made man. God came into human existence. The one that gave us breath in the first place was now breathing, and he was a fully human being, fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ. But the remarkable thing is this. He became a man knowing full well it would cost him absolutely everything. When Jesus lived, he came for a purpose, and his purpose was to hang on a cross. And in that moment, all of my sin, and I am a sinner, and all of your sin, and you are a sinner, all of our sins were placed on Jesus so that we could have forgiveness. And the one who gave us breath, the one who created us and gave us breath, breathed his last breath on the cross. In doing so, he purchased for us eternal salvation. You can trust in Jesus. He can forgive your sins. He can give you eternal life and a relationship with the God who made you. On the third day, Jesus rose again, and he's very much alive today. And the one who gave you breath stop breathing so you could have eternal life back in 2013 there's a uh, there was a youtube clip that went viral and it was of a 29 year old nigerian man called harrison okine now he was the ship's cook on board a small uh, on board a ship small ship that was just off the coast of nigeria and the small ship uh, went down during a storm and he he was the only survivor of the 12 crew This ship's cook, Harrison O'Keen, and the ship sank at 30 metres down under the water, Uh, and he managed to survive in a small air pocket in the hull of the ship, the the overturned, sunken ship. And he he knew his every breath counted because literally, he had restricted air, and so every breath counted. Anyway, three days in, three days in, the divers managed to make it all the way down. They got to where he was. And they discovered him alive. And, this, and what, what, what you've just seen on, on the screen behind me there is the picture of Harrison O'Keefe when the divers came in. And they had their cameras. And, they, and they, that's, him, that's him shocked to see these divers come up and rescue him. So he literally had no way of rescuing himself. No way of rescuing himself. No way of getting out of his situation. And it took someone else to come on his behalf and rescue him. His breath was limited. He knew his time was short. And yet someone rescued him. And, and this is what he said he, when he was interviewed afterward. He said this. He said, when I was tired, I started calling on the name of God. I just called on his name for divine intervention. And you know, we're like Harrison O'Kane. We were too far gone. We were sunken in our fallenness. But the great news is this. God has not abandoned us. And that when Jesus came, he was literally coming down to rescue us from where we could not have rescued ourselves. If being good enough was good enough, then Jesus would not have needed to die. Not one person is good enough to make it into heaven. We need to trust the Savior. He came for us. He saved us. He did what we couldn't do for ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. Jesus came to save us. We were running out of breath. Jesus, who gave us breath in the first place, came to save us and give us eternal life. Say, praise the Lord. It's the best news ever. And then it says in verse 6, it ends the psalm with verse 6 and says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say that with me. Praise the Lord. You notice the psalm starts and ends with praise the Lord. And I want to encourage you to start and end your day with praise the Lord and praise the Lord. You know, the the, the psalm ends the way the whole world will end. Praise the Lord. Because actually at the end the end of the world, it describes in the book of Revelation that there will be a multitude who will be praising God. It says in Philippians that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, that there will be adoration and worship of God. The world will end this way. So start and end your day with praise. Start and end your working day with praise. Uh, If you're working from home, start your day. God, I commit my day to you. Praise you. Thank you, you're on the throne. And when you finish your day, say, God, thank you, you've been with me today. Start and end your projects with praise start and end your life with praise. You see, we're not just called to praise. That's not just our purpose of our existence. That's actually our calling as believers, is to inspire praise in other people. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. As you've experienced, as we've experienced the rescue of God in our lives, he's rescued us literally from darkness and brought us into light. Then our our calling as as God's people is that we were to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're here to help people find this God and worship this God that we've found. Listen to what C.S. Lewis, the great writer, Uh, You wrote the Narnia uh, uh, books and and various other things. Great thinker, great writer from a previous generation. C.S. Lewis said this, describing praise. He said, I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their girlfriends. Readers praising their favorite poets. Walkers praising the countryside. Players praising their favorite game. Praise of weather, of wines, of dishes, of actors, praise of motors, of horses, of, uh, of, of colleges, of countries, of children, of flowers, of mountains, of rare stamps, even sometimes of politicians or of scholars. I had not noticed how the humblest and at the same time the most balanced minds praised the most, while the, the cranks, the misfits and the malcontents praised the least, I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it as well. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that's magnificent? It is the most natural thing for us to praise. We are wired that way. And also it's the most natural thing for us to encourage others to praise. Isn't that amazing? And for believers, we say, "Isn't He great?" I have many friends who don't know God. Maybe, maybe some of our friends who, who, who aren't yet in that place with God, are joining us today. Great that you're here. I, and I talk to my friends who don't know God, and I just want them to know God. I, I don't try and force them down the throats. It's just every so often I'll just say, "He's amazing," and I'll try because I want. It's, I don't want them to get religion. I want them to get a relationship with God. He's amazing. He is so amazing. And church, our calling. It's to shine. God's brought you out of darkness, and we are to proclaim the excellences of him who brought us out of darkness. Last week, I'm going to close with this story. There was an amazing story uh, it circulating on social media from an Italian, a young Italian doctor, 38-year-old Julian Urban, and he was a doctor in Lombardy, which has been so sadly and tragically hit by the coronavirus in the last week. And this is, just, this, this is what he wrote just last week describing his experiences. Listen to this: "Never in my darkest nightmares did I imagine what I had have seen and lived through, what has been happening here in our hospital for the last three weeks. And the nightmare only grows, the river becomes bigger and bigger. At the beginning, only a few arrived, then dozens and then hundreds. And now we are no longer doctors. But we have become mere sorters who decide who will live and who must be sent home to die even if they are people who paid Italian taxes their whole life up until 2 weeks ago my colleagues and i were atheists this was normal because we were doctors and we considered that science disproved the existence of god i always laughed at my parents when they went to church 9 days ago a 75 year old pastor came to us for medical help. He was a kind man, and he had a grave respiratory problem. But he had a Bible with him. And it impressed us that he was reading the Bible to the people who were dying, and he was holding their hands. They were all, we were all tired and discouraged doctors, psychologically and physically spent. And so we found that we ended up listening to him as he was reading the Bible to the dying we realized that we had reached the limits of what we could do. We needed God, and we began to ask him for help. When we had free moments, we would speak among ourselves that we couldn't believe that we, we who were faith, had been fierce atheists were now seeking for inner peace by asking the Lord to help us so that we could take care of the sick. Yesterday, the 75-year-old pastor died. He succeeded despite his own condition, and our difficulties to bring us a peace that we no longer hope to find, but we found it. Isn't that an amazing story of a pastor in the middle of a tough situation declaring the excellences of him who called him out of darkness into his marvelous light? And church, we're called to shine in these dark hours. We have a a hope not just in this life, but in eternity. We have a confidence based on the one who gave us breath in the first place that he's the one who saved us. And we want to declare his praise. And by the way, our world is crying out for people to tell them about Jesus Christ. Your purpose is to praise every single one of you. If you're breathing, that's your purpose in life is to praise God. But church, we have an additional purpose. And our purpose is to proclaim his name. And so that people can find the God that they were designed to praise. Let's pray. And while we pray, you might want to just take your own time to respond to God. Maybe you feel God has spoken to you in particular from some of these verses or some of these thoughts. This is your moment to reflect on that and just to pray back your own response to God. I'll pray, and then you can pray as well. Father, thank you so much for these Bible verses. Thank you. The the book of, uh, the collection of Psalms we see in the Bible culminates with this Psalm which describes that our very purpose, the very reason we have breath in our lungs is to bring praise to you. And I pray God for us as we have breath in our lungs, every day we will praise you. Every evening we'll end the day with praise. We will start our work with praise. We will end our work with praise that our entire existence would be about you, God. And as we do that, we come alive. We don't just exist, but we thrive in life because truly living is relationship with God. Pray for anyone joining us today, God, who doesn't yet have that relationship. I'm, I'm so grateful to you that you've helped them connect with us today. And I pray for anyone right now, God, who doesn't yet have a relationship with you. It doesn't matter if they, you know, they went to church as a kid or they were Christians. They don't actually have a relationship with you. And that's more important than anything else. God, I pray for them at that even just now, that they would sense your presence. They would reach out to you and they would find you to be their saviour. In fact, just as we're praying, if you're connecting today and you don't yet have a relationship with God, I'm so pleased that you're with us today. I believe God's actually brought you here. And the message you need to know is, this, is that there is a God in heaven who loves you more than you'll ever know. And in his love, Jesus came for you. And if you will believe in Jesus, who died for you and rose again, you will have eternal life, a relationship with God. If that's you and you want that, then pray this prayer with me just now, one line at a time under your breath, say, Dear Lord God, thank you for your love for me. Jesus, thank you. You came to save people like me. I know that I am a sinner, but I believe that you, Jesus, died so that I could be forgiven. And I believe you rose from the dead in the third day. And today, I commit my life into your hands. I put my faith in you, Jesus, be Lord of my life from now on. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I know that God heard you, and he's with you right now. And if you prayed that prayer, something spiritual, supernatural has happened in your heart, you've crossed over, you are now officially part of the family of God. You can call God Father, and he is your Savior and your God. Well done. God has heard you. God bless you. Say praise the Lord. Let's keep praising no matter how dark things get. Keep praising. Love you all.